Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, March 19th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So, does anybody actually believe the Federal Reserve? I mean, I don't believe it, and I don't think the markets really believe it. Now, granted, my disbelief is for completely different reasons than the mainstreams, but I just have to say the Fed isn't very believable at this point. So we had the March Federal Open Market Committee meeting this week, and as expected, there were no policy changes. Interest rates will remain at zero. Quantitative easing will carry on as it has. So since the Fed isn't doing anything, everybody is obsessed with what the central bankers are saying. And if you ask me, it's a lot of mixed messages. Now, the Fed beefed up its economic forecast. It's now calling for the strongest growth in like 40 years. On the other hand, this miracle recovery is not going to be strong enough to roll back any of the emergency measures now in place. Powell said, quote, it's just a lot of people who need to get back to work and it's not going to happen overnight. Now, of course, he's not wrong about that. In fact, a lot of people are still losing their jobs. Weekly first-time jobless claims unexpectedly jumped to 770,000 for the week ended March 13th. That was up from 725,000 during the previous period and, of course, is still higher than the worst week of the Great Recession. So if you just look at the economic data, it would be tempting to say that Powell and company are completely wrong about all of this economic growth. But don't forget, we just got stimulated. In fact, we got our $2,800 on Wednesday. I mean, you know, it's kind of cool. Poof, money showed up in my bank account. Now, we aren't going to use it for anything exciting. In fact, it's going to go toward paying our 2020 tax bill. But it was nice for Uncle Sam to let us hold it in our little hands for a minute. But, you know, even though we're just sending it right back to the IRS, it actually will free up some money for us to do other things later in the year since we have this little windfall. In other words, we'll be able to buy more stuff. Now, stop and think about the other hundreds of millions of people who are now also getting free money. Poof in their bank account. They can all go out and buy stuff too. That's a lot of people buying a lot of stuff. So yeah, the GDP is going to grow. Paul's not wrong. But is it healthy, real economic growth? Not so much. If you want to see how this impacts things in the real world, just look at retail sales. They actually took a big plunge in February. But meanwhile, January's already big stimulus field gain was revised upward from 5.3% to 7.6%. So even more spending of government money went on in January than was previously estimated. But in February, retail sales fell 3%. That shows you how much spending drops when the government isn't just handing out free money. This stimulus is like throwing gasoline on a fire, and then it burns out. Well, now we've got an even bigger can of gasoline, so expect an even bigger poof, and quite frankly, probably a bigger burnout at some point. But after everybody spends their stimulus checks, that money doesn't go away, right? It stays in the system. So we should worry about inflation, right? Well, no, not according to Jerome Powell. 
Now, the markets, they are clearly worried about inflation. They aren't buying Powell's no problem, nothing to see here messaging. The bond market is flashing inflation in big neon lights. In fact, the yield on the 10-year Treasury crossed 1.75% to hit a 14-month high on Thursday. Now, as I've said before, this isn't particularly high in historical terms, but it's a heck of a lot higher than it was even months ago. We have a very strong upward trajectory in bond yields. Meanwhile, stocks took a tumble yesterday after hitting a record high on Wednesday in the wake of the Fed meeting. The Dow plunged 153 points and pretty much sold into the close. Now, interestingly, Peter Schiff said this might happen in his podcast on Wednesday night. Why? Because the Fed wasn't dovish enough. As I said, the markets aren't buying all of this. They don't believe the Fed. They really think the Fed is going to have to respond to inflation and push up interest rates. If growth is really going to go gangbusters, as Powell promises, that certainly means that the Fed will have to tighten monetary policy earlier than expected, right? No, 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 Powell says. He held fast to the central bank's commitment to keep rates at zero for at least two more years. In fact, one reporter asked Powell if it was time to start thinking about, thinking about, thinking about raising rates, and Powell's answer was no. Now, this part of the Fed's messaging I actually believe. The Fed is not going to raise interest rates. It can't. The U.S. government is about to borrow another $1.9 trillion. You can't have rising interest rates while you're borrowing all this money. But while the mainstream is still fixated on thinking the Fed is going to tighten monetary policy to deal with inflation, I'm pretty convinced that it's actually going to loosen monetary policy even more to hold those bond yields down. Look, the Fed has got to deal with the rising yields on the long end of the bond curve. We all know it. The difference between me and the mainstream folks is how we think the Fed will go about it. A recent survey asked portfolio managers about their biggest concerns right now. COVID-19 isn't even on the list anymore. The number one concern is inflation running hotter than anticipated. The second biggest worry is that the Fed will have to tighten monetary policy and raise rates, causing the stock market to throw a taper tantrum. Now, of course, the only reason the Fed would have to tighten monetary policy is if inflation is running hotter than normal. So these two things are really tied together. So this is what your average guy on Wall Street is concerned about. The Fed is going to meet rising inflation by raising interest rates and tightening monetary policy. Some guy named Tim Gursky, who is the chief investment strategist at Inverness Council in New York, summed up the mainstream point of view pretty well in a Reuters interview yesterday. Quote, the Fed just saying they are not going to raise rates until 2023 really means nothing. The Fed is on the sidelines. But if bond yields keep going up, that is what really hurts the economy. Now, he's not wrong about rising yields, uh, anticipating inflation, hurting the economy. Where he's wrong is in thinking that the Fed is going to tighten to address that issue. No, it's going to force yields down by buying more bonds. What I'm saying is we're going to get more quantitative easing, not less. The Reserve Bank of Australia has already upped its bond purchases to deal with the increasing bond yields, and so has the European Central Bank. It's a race to the bottom, and the Fed is going to join that race at some point. It's going to deal with the interest rates, not by fighting inflation, but actually creating more of it. 
And I think it's sooner rather than later. This jawboning and dovish talk isn't getting the job done. Powell assured everybody that there would be no taper. In other words, the central bank has no plans to slow down quantitative easing asset purchases. So what happened? Bond yields spiked again. Promising no taper isn't enough. The promise of a fix isn't helping the junkie. The junkie needs his fix. So what about inflation? Powell has been saying it's not going to be a problem. Well, this week, he kind of sort of changed his tune a little bit. He admitted that there is going to be a spike in prices this year. In fact, the estimate is for 2.4% inflation in 2021. But don't worry, it's transitory. That was the word of the day in Powell's post-meeting presser. Transitory. We're going to get a big uptick in prices, but it's going to calm down. Powell said the big spike would primarily be because of the comparison to the really low prices we saw at the height of the lockdowns. So once that passes, inflation is going to go back down to 2% or even lower. So there is no way that the Fed is going to have to raise rates. Here's the question. How the hell does Powell know rising prices will be transitory? Does he have a crystal ball? He can predict prices now? This seems like a dangerous game to play. What if he's wrong? What if they aren't transitory? What if they keep going up? At what point do the central bankers say, oh crap, this is a problem? I mean, 4%, 5%, 6%? Believe me, once it gets there, it's too late. You know, the central banker playbook is don't let the inflation genie out of the bottle. Be proactive. Be preemptive. If you get even a hint of inflation, slap that cap back on the bottle because once she gets out, she's hard as heck to stuff back in there. Powell has pitched the playbook out. He's trying to tell us there is no genie, or if there is, she'll crawl back in her bottle all on her own. So the mainstream doesn't believe that the Fed will let inflation run, that it's going to tighten sooner rather than later. I take Powell at face value when he says that the Fed is not going to raise rates because I know damn good and well it can't raise rates. But I don't believe what the Fed is telling us about inflation being transitory. $2,800 just showed up in my bank account this week. Look, we've got inflation out the wazoo, no matter what Powell and, and his fellow central bankers tell us. I'll give you just one example where we're already seeing a huge increase in inflation housing. We're seeing a huge increase in the price of building a home. Lumber prices are at record levels. In fact, the price of other raw materials that go into building houses is up. According to the National Association of Home Builders, the elevated price of lumber is adding approximately $24,000 to the price of a new home. So when you hear Powell talking about inflation being anchored, that's a crock of you-know-what. They cut that chain off the anchor a long time ago. Before I close out the show, I want to touch on an interesting article that was written and submitted to us by actually a ShiftGold client, and I published it over at shiftgold.com slash news this week. I'll link to it in the show notes page because this is something you're going to want to actually put your eyes on. There's a lot of charts and graphs in this article. The long and short of it is that there has been uh, some interesting trends for silver in the comics in recent months. More investors are taking delivery of silver. In other words, the short squeeze may still be on track, all bite in slow motion. And this could impact the silver price moving forward in a positive way. 
Now, you'll recall that last month, or at the very end of January, the Reddit investors turned the spotlight onto silver. The hope was to create a short squeeze in the market by buying up physical metal and then driving the price up. And the price did indeed pop temporarily, but it appeared at the time that the silver market was just too big for the Reddit raiders to squeeze. The price dropped back down. You know, we're still hovering in the 26 and change area. And the spotlight on silver has dimmed. But looking at some trends in the comics indicates that the squeeze might actually still be on. Check out the article. Like I said, there are a bunch of graphs that show this shift toward people taking delivery of silver on their future contracts instead of just rolling them over, which is typical. The normal comics futures contract for silver, only about 1% of those uh, are ever finished out and taken for delivery. Now, at this point, the comic still has plenty of silver supply on hand to handle the large volumes of delivery, but at the current rate, they only have roughly a year of supply on hand. Now, can it get more? Of course it can. But the question is, at what price? If this keeps up, we could see that big jump in silver prices with a slow developing short squeeze. Anyway, check that article out. It's really, really interesting. You know, even without a short squeeze on silver, there are still a lot of reasons to be bullish on the white metal. We've talked about them before, but this is a great time to buy silver, if you ask me. Silver is effectively still on sale. We still see a historically high silver to gold ratio. If you want to learn more about how silver can fit into your investment strategy, how it can work in your portfolio, uh, if you want more information about what's going on in the silver market, I highly recommend talking to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. You can do that just by calling 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com. Those folks are great. They'll help you out. They'll give you the information that you need, and they can help you buy some silver. So with that, that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes. We're on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google. Uh, you'll find links to all of this stuff on the show notes page. I appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next time.